What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. Before we get into like season seven, how'd you guys get into Veep? I just am a huge fan of Julia. I mean, Seinfeld's like one of my favorite shows of all time, and I just started watching it and loved it from the get-go. I think the Game of Thrones lead-in got me like four or five years ago. It was on after like Game of Thrones, then Silicon Valley, then Veep, or maybe the other way around something like that yeah i was gonna say silicon valley is what got me to watch it initially and then it was just i i absolutely fell in love with and i think i think seeing um gary him being in it and basically playing the same exact character he is in buster i think is uh is definitely a big draw for me as well did you guys know um that uh so the creator of this show is amrando Inanuchi, if that's how you pronounce it, and he actually created a show called In the Thick of It, which was a UK version. So this basically like pulled an office where it started out in uh, the UK, and it was kind of like, a, you know, the the spinoff. Um, yeah, kind of like spinoff, but it was like it was like following around like one of the prime ministers of Spain or something like that. And they're same with and same with House of Cards, right? Of... That was that started as a because I think both these shows started right around the same time. That's where I kind of got the in terms of political accuracy. I think they were comparing the two, and it was like Veep is way more accurate than you know. And obviously, House of Cards is fictional, but I think they came out right around the same time. And this is the polar opposite in terms of pretty much everything about it. I was watching a clip. Uh, where they were interviewing Anna Ch- uh, Chomsky, and she said that the most accurate uh, political show was that John Adams miniseries with Paul Giamatti, which I didn't see, but she said it was. I guess we should we should get this out of the way early. We should have a have a side note that Chris has a personal relationship with with Anna Chomsky. Okay, I mean yes, yes, I was going to bring up this this story. <laughs> Um, but we can get out of the way now since it's you guys are my so notes, excited about so it. So I'm, I'm ready. Uh, so back in high school, I worked at the Brookfield Zoo, uh, which is you know a top five zoo in the U.S. in the Chicago suburbs in Brookfield, obviously. And I worked at the largest restaurant in the zoo, Safari Stop Restaurant. And our manager was neighbors with Anna's family. And Anna had just done Mile One and my to film those Classics. when she was like eight or nine or whatever. And she was like 16, 17 at the time. So so she got a summer job where I worked and she worked the cash register. And like they had to like legit sit us down like, all right, guys, my girl's coming in basically. And you guys got to be cool. So, I mean, she was cool. She I do remember she had some bad acne, um, but she was really nice. And she worked for like two weeks and she had to quit because literally every customer was like, aren't you the girl from my girl? Like every other customer. And, and uh, you weren't, you weren't able to get her on the show as a guest. I just want to clarify that as a personal friend. Um, Did you slide in her DMs at all? No, hey, no. Well, the, the, zoo, the, the, top five zoo. 
Top five zoo. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. She's from Chicago, right? She went to University of Chicago. So there's like a one in, one in like eight chance that someone else has a similar Anna story. So like I'll tell it to someone. I remember. I've never met anyone else. Well, owner. I know. There's only like th- four of us right now. So well, I've met more than four people. I know, but do the math on that, Dan. I'm sure. I'm not good at math. I, do the percentages or something like that. Not a math. But I remember I was trying to date some girl. And I told her the story, trying to impress her, like, hey, what's up? I used to work with Ann Chlumsky. And she's like, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I partied with her at University of Chicago. We hung out. We got drunk and smoked a J. And I was like, oh, okay. I gave her a cheeseburger one time. So At a top five zoo. At a top five zoo. It might not be top five anymore because we killed a wolf. Yeah. Well, better than Cincinnati. They killed Harambe. I Rest know. It's like a, like a three-year anniversary. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But anyways, back back to that is back a, to deep. We'll talk it, about. It's deep. surprising to me. I guess I guess I wanted to hear that story because I think it's kind of cool that her parents were like, "You made two movies that were huge, but you got to go get a, a normal job." Well, I think that when you are uh, a teenager and someone says, "Do you want to work at the zoo?" It's like, "Whoa, cool! The zoo. There's like animals and all the other stuff." No, it's not. Like you don't. That sounds awful. I mean, I looked at like one animal. Like the entire time I worked at the zoo, so. But but you got to work with the future but I get, star. I did, I did get to work with her, you know, and uh, I'm happy for cool. all her success. She was on a great show with uh, a lot of other great characters. Um, it's kind of revived her career, no? I mean, I, I I'm, I'm sure I know she's been like doing like, consistent work, but I mean, she was a huge child star, and then kind of went away for a while to live a normal life. I'm sure, uh, and then was she was she huge? Is that, from, is that, from, is that from an my girl description? Is in I, our generation, yes. Like she was sort of like a Topanga. Ge- How old were you when My Girl came out? Probably six, like six months old. Probably like ten. I don't know when no, My Girl came out. I've never, I was like I've ten never when seen My Girl movie. came out. You, you never seen My Girl, no, Steve? You were probably Dan yeah. Aykroyd, Macaulay Culkin, the fucking Beehive. Oh, what a scene! Doesn't he? he doesn't he die in that movie? Yeah, he gets stung by a bunch of bees. Yeah, that's crazy. This is this <laughs> is turning into the Anna Schlumpke podcast. Yes, and that's well, what we're going to have to rename it. But you know, she is she is. Well, let's let's transition this into characters from the show. How do you like her as a character in V? Don't like her. But you're probably not supposed to, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that even the characters that were supposed to hate, you kind of still like. But uh, no, I think that she's one of these characters that. Yes, you are supposed to hate her, but even characters that you are supposed to hate, you kind of love. Like Jonah. Jonah is a character that you're supposed to hate. Everyone, he's an idiot, first of all. Second of all, everyone shits on him uh, on the show constantly. But you still kind of like Jonah, right? You're like, oh, Jonah's here. This is going to be a good scene. Amy's like, eh, whatever. She's whiny. Like I, Meltdown. I, yeah. I, I, I don't really care for her. Um, I mean, obviously... Selena is just great, you know. I mean, you know, just her her dialogue throughout the entire series was just on point. You know, I think that my two favorite characters is a tie between her and guess who, Richard, because Richard is just amazing as well. I mean, he's just yeah. his his de- his delivery is just just on on point. Absolutely, I, I could not agree more. I my I kind of tiered the characters, so I went like top tier second tier tertiary and like my favorite main character 100 percent is mike 
And I say that simply because of this last season where he wasn't in it as much as he was. I mean, his career really took off. He became like our generation's Walter Cronkite somehow. But having him not be part of the team and part of the ineptitude was – there was a huge piece missing from this last season. I thought it was a great last season, but it was missing this huge piece, and I think it was because of Mike and Matt Walsh. I think he's absolutely hilarious. Talk about timing. That dude has some of the best lines in the show, and you have to and you catch him on like the third or fourth watch. I think Richard is one of the best characters on the show and one of the best characters on television in general. Quite an arc. Yeah, definitely a, a solid late addition because I think he was not one of the original cast members. No, he came in like mid-season three. He's like a, a straight man, but in like the weirdest way possible. Uh, I guess this is probably my favorite line of the show, and I'm actually going to do a little a little audio to try this out real quick. <laughs> Richard T. Split. Don't know why I said T. My middle name's John. <laughs> I mean, that's just a perfect example of Richard. Yeah, I had him a, as, like, my favorite line. secondary character. <laughs> I absolutely love Richard. One thing I, I can say about all the characters, right? Like, they all serve, you know, a specific role, you know, within the group. And they've got specific traits, you know. Like, so Selena is power-hungry, uh, only cares about herself. Dan's a freaking douchebag. Amy is, you know, spazzy. Uh, Mike's kind of an idiot, whatever. Can't, you know, chill, doesn't give a shit. And throughout the entire series, they maintain that, right? There's no growth whatsoever. They don't really get worse as characters. Like, it's not like Mike gets douchier. He's just a douche the whole time. And I think that's what's great about this show is the consistency. There was never... You know, if you liked a character season one or season two, you still like that character at the end of the series. Like I, they just did, a, they just did a great job, like with consistency throughout the season. I agree, and to add to that, they also added a bunch of characters throughout all the years that fit in perfectly. I don't know if it was casting or writing or whatever it was, but I mean, you had Kent and Ben come in as sort of this duo mid like first season. And then they brought in Bill Erickson, and then George Maddox, Clay Davis, and then Pat Oswald. I mean, they, they had so many guest stars and appearances like that were multiple episodes that worked perfectly. And you don't really see that too much with with TV shows. I mean, this is what, like 10 episodes a, a season, but they've managed to fit a lot in. So guess who the casting director is for this show? Uh, her name is Allison Jones. We have discussed her on the show before. Uh she has cast such shows as Veep, The Good Place, Arrested Development, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Eastbound and Down. Uh, yeah, she's a genius. I always wondered how that process works, too. Do you think they write the character and then find it, or do they find the actor and then tailor? I, I guess maybe it depends on the situation, because like, I was reading recently that Joey and Friends wasn't supposed to be stupid, but Matt LeBlanc like went a different way with it, and like that's why Joey became that. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Now that we've talked about characters, we'll talk about episodes when it comes to Veep. Does anything come to mind specifically? I mean, for me, I think we we've kind of talked about this off off mic, but 
a lot of this stuff kind of blends together. Or I just kind of go by season with the show. I don't know about you guys, but does any specific episode stand out to you guys? Well, I mean, I, I think there are certain um, moments throughout the series that do stand out, but I almost feel like all the episodes have a formula, right? You know, you guys, you know, they get the the uh, the staff in the room, you know, there's some problem with, you know, Selena and her reaction and then her team's reaction is almost always the same, right? So I feel like the formula stays the same throughout the series, which gives it a feeling of a lot of these episodes blend together. And I was watching uh, some highlights on YouTube earlier, and it was just, you know, the best insults from Veep. And you couldn't tell, like, you know, what season they were, really. I mean, maybe a little with, like, the hairstyles and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's just, like, just the dialogue is just witty, and it's just consistently good. And it, and it kind of all just blends in. And you have the story of, you know, she's, she's Veep, and then becomes the uh, president for a while, right? Interim president, what's the term for that? Standing president. No, isn't there another term for that? Sure, standing president, whatever it is. And then running for president at the end. Um, so a lot of it, you know, I just kind of have to go by like, you know, there's not one specific episode like, oh, it was the crate episode or whatever that, you know, really got me. You know, like I just have to kind of go by you know, what was happening in the, you know, fo- kind of follow the arc of the show and, you know, pick out like my favorite point in the arc. So I really like when they get Jonah running for um, governor of New Hampshire and then kind of following down the, uh, you know, the path of getting him uh, running for president and then, you know, her for president and, you know, obviously she wins and he becomes vice, but just, just having Jonah in that situation and then everyone's reaction to Jonah, like, was Spoiler great. alert. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, and I think kind of, kind of to Dan's point, like, he's, he's Jonah, like, he, there's no reason, like, he, like, earned his way to the top, like, it was entertaining seeing him fail upwards so well, um, you know, he's still the same incompetent asshole as he's, you know, becoming successful, uh, trying to be elected, and some of that hit a little bit too close to home. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I remember having conversations about the last season, season seven, and one of my complaints was that the situations that Jonah would get himself into, like, oh, math is math is stupid. It's invented by a bunch of Arabs, and you know, whatever, you know, you know, stupid thing he was saying. I was like. I'm getting annoyed because he's just acting so incompetent, so over the top that it's just unbelievable. But then, you know, Dan's like, but is it, but is it? And then you kind of have to relate to real, real life, real politics, the president. And it's kind of similar. Like I had watched uh, a news thing where they showed a clip of Veep and Jonah was given a speech this season and he was talking about, um, I don't know, immigration or border or something like that. And he, someone in the audience shouted, like, just kill him. And Jonah's like, yeah, we should. And the same thing happened with Trump. Like someone, he was like in Florida or something. And someone, you know, shouted like, oh, just kill him. And Trump laughed and be like, no, 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 we can't kill him. 
Maybe, maybe in the panhandle, but you know, you know, it's a point, it's a point now where like a, a show like Veep is so over the top and you're like, haha, it's funny. But then it's also sad because you're like, a lot of this is like drawn from like real life. Well, and that's what like the guys on South Park, not to pivot to a different show real quick, but like that's what the, the guys on South Park are saying. They're like, this stuff that's happening is so crazy. Like, how do we top it in a funny way? Because it's already pretty funny. Like, in a weird way, it is kind of funny what's going on. And they can't they can't seem to spin it or they just didn't do it. They feel they couldn't do it the right way or whatever. And I definitely agree with you, though, that this Veep, especially in the last season, especially in season seven, took a lot from from what's going on in the current political landscape yeah some of the math stuff there's there's real polls now where they ask people if we should be using arabic numerals in school and the majority says no we should not be using arabic numerals in school it's like that's just what numbers are like they're they're arabic numerals hey, if we can get numbers out of school i might jump on board i mean i'm not you know i don't care about the arabic thing but i'm not a math guy so yeah and they went down that path on the show like it, it's there's definitely like a ant not to get too political but there's a an anti intelligence anti education uh that was jonah's base large group of people that that was, that. That was jonah's base country. those were his people yeah <laughs> yeah every time you think like wow like you know there can't be people this stupid and then you go on twitter and you're like oh no people are and, this stupid and think about this I think Veep in a lot of ways, because I'm actually currently in the middle of rewatching it with a buddy who comes over during the week to do laundry at my place because he doesn't have a, long, a washer dryer. So we're watching Veep <laughs> while he does laundry. Nice. And uh, I'm in the middle of it, and it's it's right when he's getting molested by Teddy. And they were sort of ahead of the Me Too movement. Like, a man coming out, I mean, it was it was this whole big thing, and it, it allowed other women who looked exactly like Jonah to come out as you know that this guy had come after them as well that like those are like you, i think you said it chris it's the moments of the show like the moment where where it's it's richard and jonah in a room with these women that look exactly like jonah all being like it's okay we, we're, you can come forward you can t- you know it's okay to be molested by teddy and then teddy's whole exp- explanation of it is like it's just locker room stuff how, how, who hasn't knocked around a guy's balls a couple times just to just to play around <laughs> such a ridiculous arc i it's so perfect though yeah and i i think something else that makes it difficult to talk about best episodes for this show is it's just consistently good like every episode is like a eight out of ten it's hard to find any standouts when every every episode is consistently good yeah there's really no value and the other thing too is this show did a great job of staying consistent through a lot of change right you know they go from being veep to uh standing president to running for president and all this stuff and they're changing locations and things like that and jobs are changing right like people are leaving the staff working with other uh politicians and things like that yet everyone's still saying staying consistent and it's still funny you know like you could leave uh, Dan or Amy off of an episode and they're still going to make it work. So I just think that uh, I think they just did a great job. Yeah, they have a really, really deep cast of supporting characters that they can dig into when they need to. Yeah, Teddy being one of them. Another one I was I just did sort of what, what you mentioned, Steve, in our chat. You said you would just went on shuffle. I just did on shuffle day and the one came up with uh, Karen Collins as Selena's key advisor who she just agrees with everything. 
where she's just like on on the fence on every single thing. Oh, that does sound like a good idea, but it could also have negative impact and never actually makes a declarative statement. It drives Amy insane. She's a great character. There's there's so many great characters. Danny Chung, like his his whole thing of of you know, I when I served in in Iraq, it always starts with that with him, and it's, it's I, I just, hate Chung. I hate Chung. But I, again, I think you're supposed to. Chung right, Mania. right. But then he gets up on stage and he talks about Chung Mania and he, how he had a mania for Chung Mania afterwards. And I, I think he's and he turns her down to be his to be her VP because of the way she works and the way she operates. And that's how we end up with Doctor House as her running mate. Yeah, I mean every every second secondary character that they brought in. I mean that's like, another one. Just I amazing, just glossed you know. over him. What's his? What's his? Uh... Something Jones. Hugh Laurie. Hugh, no, what was his character's name? Tom, Tom James. James. Yep. Tom James. Yeah, I mean he was great. Whoever plays, uh, he had quite a George. swing though. He went from like Mister Lovable, everybody, everybody, because I just watched the episode where they where they introduce him, and every, he, he's Mister Everybody, and then in the last season he is stabbing her in the back and all over the place. He had quite an arc. I love Jonah's uncle. <laughs> oh yeah. That's just such a random character. I don't even know how to react to that. I mean, he just literally storms in and berates the shit out of Jonah. I mean... Laughing at him at his dad's funeral. His dad and father-in-law. Yeah. There was kind of a lot of uh, recurring themes throughout the series and things like that. Um, You know, were there any specific ones that you thought worked any others that you thought were kind of getting old and tired i i think kent stands out as something that did not get old and tired throughout the show and they kept him consistently a robot throughout the entire show until the last season when he finally flipped out and i was actually reading the director of the finale he did a bunch of tweets for the talking about behind the scenes and he said he's like the idea of a kent explosion was something we'd been toying with for a while at one point, it was connected back. To, it was connected to Selena's lack of debate prep earlier in the season, but this was more on point. Gary Cole is, is just Gary Cole is just perfect. The ultimate kind declaration. Declaration. That's when he says this this season. Fuck the numbers, which you never hear from him. I mean, and he winds up being this hippie. I mean, he takes a complete turn by the time we see him at Selena's funeral at the end of the show. So that was one thing theme that I loved. Everything with him was the numbers. No matter what was going on, it was always back to the numbers and how it would affect those. Definitely one of my favorite storylines of that show. Yeah, something that I thought they did really well was they intentionally made the parties, like the political parties, ambiguous. So uh, I was watching an interview with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus where she said that she's had people from both extremes like of the political spectrum tell her that like oh yeah you really nailed this like for those guys and and that um like they they were able to to make fun of everyone simultaneously really well yeah that's that's actually a really good point i never really you know i never even thought about parties when i was watching it was always just about the characters and their interaction i don't know his name the senator that had that assistant with the glasses that he you know always made him say something stupid oh furlong yeah roger furlong yeah like that whole bit i mean furlong was great but just like the whole bit of like hey what do you think and like i don't know i'm just uh i'm just (laughs) stupid stupid little baby drinking a 
bucket of poo or whatever, you know? Like, I just thought, like, that was really good. Um, at, at season seven, I kind of got tired of Dan womanizing. And the only thing that didn't make me hate it was the fact that they made you think that there was going to be a change in his character when he knocks up Amy and you think like, oh, maybe there's a turn, maybe they're going to get together and he's not going to be an asshole. No, just kidding. Let's go half on, on this abortion. Um, and then he starts dating the uh, abortion doctor. Um, hey, don't you guys know each other? Oh, yeah, you do. But, um, you know, and there's just kind of like little things like from the beginning of the season, you know, things like did the president call? Um, yeah. You know, and, and just and just stuff like that. And they just stayed real consistent, uh, you know, with a lot of the, um, you know, behaviors of, of Gary and things like that, like to the end. And, you know, I know that we have, you know, talked about it a lot, but it, it just it's really what made made the show solid. Yeah, I forgot about so, Roger for Roger and Will. That's an incredible relationship. But you know, if you are talking about uh, you know the the rankings of the episode, and you're on episode Ninja, and look at the top five, right? So at number five, you've got yeah, number five, kissing your sister, right? I will say about this episode. I, it again, I am assuming this is the one where they tie, but I learned a little bit about our constitution. In this, I never knew what happened during a tie. I couldn't tell you right now, but right after I watched the episode, I remember remembering and feeling like I learned something. So that was cool. Yeah, what is it? Like the Senate chooses or something like that? Like, which of course, that's the way our political system works. Like, it's there's no runoff vote. Like, it goes through some Crazy insane process. like tiebreaker tie procedure. Yeah, which is why they needed. Uh jonah to win new hampshire right or something like that remember. if i'm remembering no. yeah <laughs> but no, just but in the a... description this one is mike prepares for his babies Does, don't they adopt and they get like triplets or something i don't remember because i do remember that he they made like another adoption towards the end of the show yeah so just looking at the others number four election night from season four episode 10 i don't remember what that was about <laughs> I don't. I'm just, be, I'm just. I'm just being honest with you. Well, and this is that, this. This proves our point. Like it, the individual it's episodes are total. Hundred percent. It's kind of confusing though, because election night and kissing your sister. I think kissing your sister is the one where they, they tie. Yeah. Should she lose? At the end of season four, aren't very helpful, and the titles aren't helping. Like number three is crate. I don't know what that's about. Uh, it's uh, the one where Gary has to carry around the crate the whole time, and it's made out of like metal. And he hurts oh. his back or his shoulder. He almost has to give yeah, up I the bag. I, I did re I did rewatch DC because that's one of my favorite episodes, where they all think they're gonna uh, lose their jobs, and she winds up uh, deciding that she's gonna run for president, and that's got one of my favorite um, quotes in it, which is, uh, "I move as slow as a Mississippi detective investigating the murder of a young black man." Oh boy. <laughs> Damn. Okay. All right. That is a I mean, that is a good line. I mean, here's the thing. You can't talk about Veep without talking about like how they didn't give a fuck and they would go into like all these really um touchy subjects, right? They would go into you know racism and sex and all this stuff. And I think that they did a good job because they made fun of everything. 
right? Like, oh, we're going to make fun of Europeans. We're going to make fun of Asians. We're going to make fun of, you know, gay people. We're going to make everybody, right? Straight people. It doesn't matter. They're just going to go at it. But the, their delivery of everything was just so clever that you just couldn't be offended. Or at least I wasn't. I, I mean, I definitely agree. Because it it's it's also, it, I think I mentioned this earlier, it just goes by so fast, too. Like, that line you just said is your favorite line, like, doesn't stand out to me because they're... I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's a great line within that episode, but there's probably five more like it that are just as funny because it's just the writing is so good on the show. In, in within ten minutes, like it's right. hard. I, I just couldn't write down my favorite quotes because I would just be sitting here copying and pasting all day long. And a lot of them Everything are, are not. A lot of them are like quick interactions. Like it goes between, and you can't really sit here and be like that's explain a whole scene. Like it's uh, my favorite. I, I just happened to get this episode on shuffle, and it struck me as my favorite line because it's one of my it's one of my favorite characters is Kent. Um, in the convention episode, it comes at number twenty three on episode ninja, which I think is kind of crazy because it is a great episode. Um, but they're trying to decide who to be the beep person because you get turned down by Chung, who's next, and he they have that Karen Collins lady who's the advisor, and she's like, "Oh, it's it's really not an exact science," and Kent goes. All sciences, or she's like, it's not a precise science, and he goes, all sciences are precise. That's what it means. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 and then she comes back, so like, ah, oh, that's debatable. I don't know about that. And he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I just, it just again, it just so goes so quick. Yeah, I mean, just like the subtlety of something, you know, that like Richard would say, or whoever, is just is just great. You know, like you can't, like you could literally do my favorite quotes per episode and probably come out with five gems per episode. It's just great. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at it. I, I, I just tried to look up some quotes and, and really the best thing for, I think for Veep is when they do like Buzzfeed articles, they're the, the best moments. And one of the best lines from this is from Selena, where she goes, if a man got pregnant, you can get an abortion at an ATM. <laughs> like, again, something that applies very real to our society and they're making it funny. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they just had uh, a blank check in terms of, like, you know, the writing. They could say whatever they wanted, and it was like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Because you, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that type of dialogue to come out of a female character. President, no less. <laughs> yeah, and that was, you know, that was was so great about it. If it was Veep and it was a, it was a guy, like, it just wouldn't have had the same, you know, I, there's there's another one here is Jonah Jonah it's just it's just a meme basically it's Jonah laughing idiotically and it's Selena going back at him what are you laughing at jolly green jizz face <laughs> how does that even how do you even come up with that I mean Selena is just she just has and, a unique way of telling people to fuck off oh and she's and, just so I mean she's just so incredibly selfish you think she's literally Dreyfus played a selfish character on Seinfeld my god. This, she literally will throw her own daughter on the bus. Her daughter gets engaged. She's like, no, I'm not old enough to be the daughter of someone who's married. Like, I'm, or she gets pregnant. I'm, do you know how old I am to be a grandmother? Do you know what you're doing to me? I mean, and then just her daughter's character arc in general ends up marrying the woman who looks exactly like her mom from behind and has the kid with Richard, who then her mom undoes gay marriage. So she's not, I mean, it's just, there's absolute roller coaster with Catherine. Yeah, she's so mean to her. Like, I just watched the episode where uh, Selena's kind of down because I don't even remember what happened in, in one of the elections. And Catherine has this big moment where she's like, 
talking shit like my childhood was terrible like stop being a little bitch and selena just completely brushes off the entire interaction like it's it's not a big moment to her at all like just oh stop being annoying like go away now and then like, she'll look to gary who will reassure her that she's right yeah. she just surrounded herself with all these yes men it's too funny so uh what was uh what was your guys's thoughts on uh on the uh, series finale I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, they very satisfying. Yeah, they. I love when shows like this show you years down the line. Like we got to see all the way until Selena's death. We got to see how Gary got absolutely fucked over, but no matter what, he still loves Selena. And I think I think that's a. I think they did an incredible job of wrapping it up. Well, going uh, doing um, doing a flash forward for uh you know ending the show is very risky and not a lot of shows can pull it off and sometimes it just looks stupid as hell like i remember this uh series finale of weeds i don't know if you guys watched weeds but they did some sort of flash forward and they're just like ah just put a mustache on that kid he'll look 30 like no it just it just didn't work but this just it, it 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 worked it was short and sweet but I think they covered all the bases and they wrapped things up and they just stayed true to to the show. And I think it I think it was great. It reminded me a lot of like the reverse Parks and Recreation finale. Where it's like that was all heartwarming. You could see everyone's future. I mean, everyone's future was pretty, pretty bleak after after the whole Meyer administration ended. I mean, when she was when she was finally there, she was there by herself. It wasn't her staff that was there with her. So I mean she and, and then she undid every good thing she did to get there in the, when she was there in the first place. So it, it it was really the perfect way to to wrap it up. Yeah, really the only person who had somewhat of a happy ending is Richard, which is exactly how it <laughs> Absolutely. should be. Because he's the only good person on the Literally. Show. He had a phenomenal line. I think it was in the final season where, yeah, in the final episode where he's on TV or whatever and or at the Democratic convention. Let's talk turkey. Great pets. <laughs> And someone had a tweet out there that's like, I need to see video of Richard as a kid with a turkey for a pet. Like, I need that in my life. He's the most pure character, and I love his ascension. It's so good. I would I would love to see a spinoff of the... Oh, that'd be great. You know, with Richard as president. I'd watch the hell out of that. I'm, I'm looking on Episode Ninja now. I, went over, I switched over to Worst Episodes. It's really interesting. The first three Worst Episodes are... Episode one, episode two, and episode four. Yeah, I mean, I think like a, it's not uncommon for sitcoms to have a, a rough start, but if you even look at the the average ratings, like it's not that big of a spread. Like the worst episode is at seven point two nine, and the best episode is at eight point six six. But that's a huge jump. Like every other episode is within a one point spread. I noticed there's no images on the best seasons page should probably talk to the developer yeah about get that. that fix i love the option to have the worst episodes though because i mean i but honestly like the fundraiser episode there it does stand out to me as a good episode because of the one line i don't even know if i should say it but she gets like screwed over by someone on her staff of course and she says in front of everyone that she was hoisted by her own retard and i mean that immediately got the show off to this crazy start i was like okay this is what Veep is. This is how it's yep. going to be. <laughs> and they stayed true to that. I mean, behind closed doors, not so much in front of the public, but my God. One thing that I'm I'm glad 
uh, you know, for the show. And obviously for Julia is, you know, she had cancer, right? Which I think was in between season six and seven, or was it five and six? Oh, six and seven, you're right. Six and seven, yeah. So obviously she fought that and uh, is in remission now, so that's awesome. But I was also glad that, you know, they were able to, you know, finish the show. Now, I don't know if ending on season seven had anything to do with her nope. wanting to, you know, take a break. No? Not from what I read. They were done okay. anyways. They were... I think everyone like agreed that that was it. It's a very, from what I've seen at least online. I mean, I, you know, whatever. But they're a very close cast. Like it's everybody. Everybody is very close on that cast. So I think it was a, just a mutual like we've taken this story as far as we can go, and I think it kind of coincided with that because all they really did was push the seventh season. I think it was already written and done, but they just kind of pushed the production of it until she was better. Yeah, I mean, really, how many times can you run through an election cycle and? that sort of thing until it gets repetitive i mean the show was named veep and she was president at one point i mean it was it was kind of confusing she's just a type of actor that just loves her work um because she doesn't she never needed to work i don't know if you guys knew this but did you know that her father was a billionaire i did much like her character on the show true was he a billionaire or very uh, they, rich. they were wealthy. Yeah. I don't know about billionaire. But... Yeah, no. Her 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 dad in her life was a billionaire. So well, they're her. She has like old family money. It goes back to like eighteen hundreds in France. Like it's, yep. it's like old money. And she's got a Seinfeld money. So yeah. And she she's I mean she's been successful. She had that show, The New Adventures of Old Christine. I never watched it, but I know that was that ran for a while. She's done a she's done a good amount. I mean. She like you kind of said she gets to pick and choose what she wants because because I actually am in the middle of watching Curb Your Enthusiasm right now and one of like her main things when she was on an episode of Curb pitching a show to networks she wanted to go to HBO so she could say fuck and cocksucker and all this stuff and that's exactly what she does in the show so it kind of it was like ten years later but it kind of it all came full circle for her she ended up over there with them and it's gonna hurt us not to mention that she won I think six Emmys consecutive or or, or yeah. five. Six. No, I think it's six. You're right. It's one a shit ton, though. In general, just the show. Yeah, I wrote it down somewhere, but I can't find it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, six. That's six consecutive Emmys for. I mean, like, you have to feel bad, like, if you're if you're nominated, right? Like, if you're the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, sorry, chick, you ain't gonna win. She just dominates every year. And she'll probably win this year, too. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Deservedly so. And it's just nice because, like, no one gets tired of her of her character. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when uh, Brian Cranston was just dominating the Emmys, and it was, like, a given that he was going to win every year. But, That's like, there was, gro- there was growth in his character, right? It was changing. And um, <laughs> Selena got Sel- worse. <laughs> Selena is just a just a fucking bitch, and she, she grew, but tells everyone to fuck off all the time, and it just she just does it amazingly, and she deserves every Emmy. Wow, I didn't realize Tony Hale won two Emmys for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy for this show as well. Really? Yeah, I have his autograph on my wall. That's awesome. Fun fact: little rest development poster. That and is. He tweeted fun. me. No big deal. Basically famous. If you guys only work together at your high school job. Just, at, at the top five zoo, no yeah. less. Where'd you work in high school? Bowling alley? 
I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. I did fields for the local baseball association. I had a couple oh, jobs. Okay. That would have been great if Tony Hill was your manager at B-Dubs. <laughs> really would have. Dan, Dan, I mean the medium boneless. Blazing. Walk all blazing. over. He's from uh, Montgomery, Alabama, just like his character on the show. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, he does not seem southern whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So if you were to rate this show out of 10 overall, or or how does it kind of rank in your favorite shows maybe? So... I don't know how you want to phrase um, that. I mean, I'll give it. I'll give it a rating, but you know, it, okay. it, it definitely is one of my favorite, um, you know, comedies of all time. And my rating, nine point six. Whoa. Okay, so can we all establish that there's no such thing as a perfect ten? Like, can we go on figure skating rules? Not yet. It's going to be hard to rate a show as a ten. Like, I look at it as it's going to be. You're not going to give a show a ten, and I feel that a show that I absolutely love it's you know in my top five for a specific um genre like drama or comedy is going to be in the nines and i looked at the show looking for flaws right like were there characters i didn't like did i not like a specific season did i not like the arc of the story and i couldn't really find flaws right like they were all if anything they were all real little flaws and uh i I just i I think it's great and i stand by 9.6 okay steve me personally this like i love this show it's not i don't it's not like one of my favorite comedies it's like uh, you know it's like a top 20 instead of a top five or something like that but that being said i think it's a fantastic show so i think chris nailed it with a 9.6 yeah um wait a minute hold on I think i'm sorry a- to, i'm sorry to interrupt you so this is a top twenty show, and you're giving a nine point six. So what is like uh, your favorite? <laughs> okay, so there's a be... difference between the objective quality of the show versus my personal preference for watching it. <coughs> Can we agree on that? I think it all comes. I think it. I think it all. No. Okay. No. I think so it's, I'm wrong. It's your my opinion. opinion is wrong. Well, it's your opinion and the quality of the show. They kind of go so together. What's your favorite I don't comedy? think you can rate them separately. Ooh, that's. It's always evolving. Like, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, maybe? So what would you rate that, then? So I would rate that, like, I don't know, upper eights. Oh, my God. <laughs> this whole system is just out of whack. <laughs> We're all over the place now. <laughs> no, I, I kind of get what you're saying, though. I, I do. I, I understand. But if you were just to take in the quality plus your preference for watching it. So, okay, let me let me... Put it in perspective. Brooklyn Nine Nine, one of my favorite shows. I don't think it deserves any like best anything Emmys. Well, right. so you're you're trying to you're yeah you're being objective and trying to give it a rating on how good the show is, not how you feel about it. Correct. But okay. we're saying factor in how you feel about it. Okay. Then like upper eights. Okay. okay. I'm see. I'm more with you. I'm more with you on that because like just what it's not one of those ones like. The the office is probably my version of Brooklyn Nine Nine, where I can literally go to and watch anytime. Like if I'm gonna watch Veep, I have to start at episode one and watch it all the way through because it makes sense when it goes together. Like watching it on shuffle, I noticed was not wasn't ideal for this show. But I'd put it at probably like a eight point eight as far as ratings go. You guys want to do trivia? Let's do trivia. <laughs> all right, Veep trivia from the Some New Beginnings <laughs> episode. Attendees of Mike's wedding are strongly encouraged to put what into a large bowl? 
to put their what into a lodgepole. Ready whenever you guys are. And, and do Dan first so he doesn't cheat. Dan? Fair. My answer is phones. Correct. They'll put their phones in a bowl. Chris? My my answer was keys. I thought Ooh. it was a, a key and party. Steve. Phone. All right. All right. Next question. From the Alicia episode, Saturday Night Live mocks Selena as a child because of what? SNL mocks Selena as a child. I just watched this episode. All right. Steve? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I think time's up, bro. Okay. I'm, I might be wrong. Go ahead. Uh, is it because she has a pony? That is correct. Yes. Oh, fuck. That was my first guess. Damn it. Damn it. But you know what? I, I was getting Seinfeld confused with the pony episode. And I was like, no, it's not a pony. Fuck. I put she was fat. <laughs> and I, I put the Mommy Meyer bill. So I was wrong on that one. So me and Steve have one. Chris is uh, pulling up the rear with zero. All right. Next question. From the Clovis episode. Which name is going to be chemically expunged from Clovis's video wall? Oh, I just watched this episode too. Wait, what? Which what? From the Clovis episode, which uh-huh. celebrity name is going to be chemically expunged from Clovis's video wall? Okay, this time you're up, Chris. Beyonce. No. Damn it. Dan. I put Kevin Spacey. Incorrect. That's a solid guess. Steve? Lance Armstrong. That is correct. <laughs> yes. What? I don't remember that at all. God damn it. From the debate episode, which of these is the third of the three R's that Selena cannot remember during her debate? And the options are reform, reaffirm, renew, or relax. Which one does she forget? Which of the three R's can Selena cannot remember? And can you re- you listen again? Is reform, reaffirm, renew, or relax? I just watched this episode too, and I cannot. Why remember. are you watching all these episodes? This <laughs> feels like lucky. collusion here. Someone's taking trivia a little bit too seriously. <laughs> Rewatching well, the entire series just before yeah, this trivia, right? I mean, you want to compete or not? You know? <laughs> Damn it. All right. Steve? Uh, I could not remember. Renew? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> I also guessed renew. Damn. I guessed reaffirm. Ah. Uh, final Veep trivia question for the episode Ninja podcast. Who says the following line? He's just a varicose dick vein. Chris? Ben? Incorrect. Dan? I said Selena. Correct. I also Steve? said Selena. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. So Steve got four out of five. Yep. Chris, and I got I got one, but I also got one. Close personal friend of Anna Chomsky. Yes. <laughs> and I got two. So that means I have six right now. Steve is in the lead with seven. Ooh. And Chris is bringing up the rear with two. Through How I Met Your Mother and Veep trivia wise, just to anyone out there keeping score at home. Rough go of it for me today. 
I got incredibly lucky. Yeah, we'll call it that. (laughs) I will call it that. This was the Veep episode of the Episode Ninja podcast. Thanks for listening. Go to episode.ninja to vote for your favorite episodes of Veep and other shows. Visit us on Twitter at the Episode Ninja or Instagram at the Episode Ninja. Vote for us in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, etc. Bye.